0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And today... We have Sarah joining us on the show who would like to remain private, but I loved her story and I love stories like this because it's to show that there is also a light the other side of the tunnel. And this this podcast isn't just about getting divorced. Some people, lots of people I know actually have been divorced and found love again with each other. And funnily enough, sometimes it can be the making of a relationship. So Sarah is an American woman living in Europe in her late 30s. After completing her undergraduate studies, she lived in the States and came to Europe for her MBA and met her future husband in her class. After marrying in 2009, they had four beautiful children. And I think this happens a lot. Welcome, Sarah. But after your fourth child, things began to get a bit more difficult. Yeah.
1: I mean, after my fourth child, I stopped working. And, you know, my identity had always been around me being a working person, you know, having my studies and, and I gave that all up to be with my family because I living in Europe, my family being in the U S you know, I didn't really have that support system here. So I wasn't doing my job correctly. I wasn't at home hundred percent. I felt like I was torn in all these different directions. So I decided to dedicate myself, you know, completely to my family. And, and I feel like there, I lost a little bit of my identity And, and I kind of felt like under, under realized.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that happens a lot because, you know, even in my marriage, it's not, you know, it's really hard to explain to a husband what you do in a day. I truly think so many times they think women sit there and sort of have coffee and lunch and that's about it. And I remember once, you know, saying to my ex-husband, you know, what, how do you think the garden looks like this or the windows are clean or your dry cleaning's done or there's even flowers on the hat in the house or the dinner party gifts done or the children's gifts are done or the school's done, the doctor's done, the children's clothes are done, the housekeepers are paid, the housekeepers are told what to do. I, how do you think that happens if I'm just sitting on my ass? Not that I mean, I was I was at work as well, by the way, and I still still undervalued. So I know a lot of housewives are undervalued and not recognized for doing the jobs that they do. That's exactly how I
1: felt. And you know, and then there's this this point of resentment where you feel like he gets to go out every day and he gets to, you know, work towards his goals and his dreams. And and you're at home and you're taking care of the children. and And it's a beautiful job. And for me, it was a privilege to be able to choose to stay home, you know, because I know a lot of women don't have that privilege. And so you're like, well, you get to go out and you get to do your things. And, and I'm here feeling, you know, undervalued and underrealized, And and then when you come home and I want to have these adult conversations, you know, the last thing you want to talk about is your day at work, you know? And so it was just I mean, I feel like that's kind of when and I'm not going to pinpoint the kids because, I mean, they were they were not the reason for our communication breakdown. It was just so many other things. But that was really you know, when we stop communicating is when we kind of just, you know, didn't have a common ground anymore.
0: I don't think children are the reason for breakdowns of marriages, but I, they certainly don't help. And I, I always try and like, I always laugh when you sort of see people who are having band-aid babies or the women that sort of, you know, want to have a baby to strengthen their relationship. You're like, if you've got any cracks, this will not help. So I think, you know, what it is, is exactly that it, you know, obviously we all love our children and no one would replace them for anything, but children, they take your time, you prioritize them. So, you know, if you're already stressed or strapped for time or anything else, then obviously the husband comes last. He just does. It's just, you know, human nature to put your children first. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, you're not making so much time to talk, for sex, to look as good. You know, anyone with four children, I defy you to look like a supermodel in the day. I mean, you know, I, uh, how I look at my age is a job for me, another full-time job, because it's something that I, you know, it's how I earn my money. I know a lot of people think it's just for superficial, whatever. It's not. Trust me, if I could give up half the stuff that I do, I probably would because it's exhausting by the time you spent however long getting your, you know, your roots done, your, uh, you know, your face lifted, all the stuff that we are expected to do to keep young at this stage, to make sure that our husbands still fancy us. It takes work it's boring as you know fuck. What, Karla, one of the things that I realized you know in our conversations that we've had since then with
1: him you know we put more pressure on ourselves than they actually do on us you know what I mean? like I put I was so demanding on myself to look perfect I would to work out every day to get back into my pants after my pregnancies and and you know what I think if I would have maybe focused more on on my personal well-being instead of like me being so stressed out about my size or you know like my if I, if I was made up when he came home you know, because he would, he would come home and he would say, Tara, I, I come home and, you know, you're, it's like a hostile environment. Like you're stressed out. You don't have patience with the kids. And I'm thinking to myself, because I've been treading water all day. You know, I've been, I've been hearing mom, 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 mom. I've been running around my car. I, I'm like a taxi driver, you know? So it, it was hard for me to be, to get, you know, make sure you look perfect, make sure you're making this happy home. And, you know, and I was putting all this stress on myself and without realizing it, I was creating this hostile environment.
0: And that's why I always say, I think that, you know, you need to deal with yourself before you can deal with anything else or anyone else, because you're absolutely right. I'm divorced now, so I have no excuse. It's not my husband pissing me off. (laughs) It is that terrible feeling where you get so caught up in your day-to-day and you're so, you know, you are treading water just to get through. I do 57 different jobs. So my head is like absolutely in a different place so many times of the day. And then you're right. My my next day starts at three, not even two o'clock, I think it is here. And three different humans come home. Now there are three different different humans that want absolutely different things and have different things to say to me. And I have to sit and listen to about the virtual world. And then I have to listen to, you know, what clothes my son's going to buy and my teenage daughter's problems at school with who she's got beef with, you know, and I don't. And then at the same time, my phone is ringing off the hook because my job has no way ended. Plus, by the way, I do this and you listen to my podcast. I, I do this until way into the night. So it's like, I'm like, you know, absolutely have to figure out going forward once I have you know sorted myself out because as you all know I had that court case that I went through and just so things were tough for me once I'm back on track and totally back into everything how to cut down my stress levels and I think that's so important it's we project our stress onto the guy and actually he just, you know, he doesn't understand what he's done. He's walked through the door in his own day. And it's like, it's not that you should be waiting with makeup on ready to give him a blow job, <laughs> but you need to be there just, you know, even if it's in a track pant, and going shot, sure, God, I've had the, you know, longest day ever too. Should we get a takeout and yeah. have a giggle? Yeah, And that's it. And I think we forget we do. that. And I think
1: we're more, we're more focused sometimes on if our nails are chipped, And not on just like, if he comes up and and I'm in sweatpants, but it's like you said, say like, Hey, look, I found this movie on Netflix. Let's watch this. Let's, let's, but instead I was kind of projecting my stress onto the person that unconditionally loved me because I knew that he was going to be there. And as I was doing this, I felt like he was kind of pulling away, you know? So the more he pulled away, the more I pulled away. And the more we were like, you know, rowing in two
0: different boats. That's what I always say. You know, that's, normally the beginning of why do men go for young women, right? Because genuinely, funny enough, young men, young men, like older women, because we're more together and more everything. Older men don't want older women or women our age because we come with all this stress and like, you know, angst. Whereas the young girl will be waiting at home in her underwear, ready to blow him because she's got nothing else to do. So, you know, when you understand that, and then when we, you know, women go off and have a young boyfriend or husband or whatever it is, the thing I love about Sergio and why I'm here too as well, apart from his personality, obviously, and how kind he is and everything else is the same shit, the same stuff. He's not, the world hasn't made him bitter yet. The world he's excited for life, which makes me reinvigorated rather than, you know, him going oh God, you know, do we have to go out again? Oh God, you know, I I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that, you know, and the bills and the this and the that. And he doesn't have that. And also because we're not attached to each other, you know, again, he doesn't feel those pressures. So he can be light and he can be fun and he can enjoy himself the same way, which is why I think both sides, women, men have affairs. But you
1: know what, Caroline, and it all comes down to communication because I realize this now and he's realized too, because it's a two-way street. And, and once we both sit down and we talk about what we need or what you're doing that's making me sad or what you're doing that's making me pull away, I can, I can realize the first step is realizing what's going wrong. And then I can kind of turn it around and I can, I can say, okay, wait a minute, maybe, maybe he's right. Let me try a different approach. But we weren't even doing that at the time. We weren't even, it was just like resentment, you know, no communication. And it was just, it was, it was becoming gradually worse. And so that's when we decided to throw in the towel.
0: What was the catalyst? Like, was he seeing someone? No. You were seeing someone? Uh, was You know what? It was no. just a general
1: breakdown. And I think that in confinement, I mean, we were on lockdown here and it was really strict. And I was homeschooling four, four small kids. His business was, you know, going to shit. And it makes you get off the hamster wheel and kind of take a a cold hard look at your at your situation. And I feel like my anxiety got really out of control during confinement. You know, I wasn't sleeping. I was... I think I started to become depressed and, you know, I felt like instead of being able to confide in him, you know, and use him as a support as he had used me for so many years with his problems with the company. Like I felt like in that moment, my my problems didn't matter, like nothing I could ever do was ever going to compete with the problems that he had, even though everything's relative.
0: And I think that's a big, big point. I think the funniest thing was, is, is to me that inside relationships, I always say the biggest lies are kept in relationships and also the the competitiveness between couples. It's not a competition. You both are, have valid feelings that one, you can't say that one does more than the other and the other one's feelings aren't valid because, you know, frankly, they're less important than his, you know, they're just different. And I think that that's something that you have to acknowledge. And I think that takes age. And in a way, maybe what you went through a shock, right? Because I think you went all the way through. To did you actually get everything signed? Ours was
1: just waiting to be approved by a judge.
0: Yeah, amazing. And and you sold the family home. So
1: we, and that was another thing. We, I was in this big, and it's funny because you know when when you're young and you and you, you know, I came from a comfortable family, but then you know I married my husband, and he you know, he had a lot more than, than I did. And so you kind of idealize this big mansion. And I would, I was living in every little girl's dream house and, you know, with the boat, with the properties, with this, and it was hard for me. I had to, you come to the realization that it's not mine. You know, it's, you're, you're using something that doesn't belong to you. And the day that you're not with the person anymore, it's, it's, it's not yours. And I really, I mean, I had to for me, I mean, I said the last year I got a doctorate because in so many things I I had to give up everything material. Caroline, I I had to I walked away from my fifteen thousand square meet square uh, square feet house and I went to a house that is literally one tenth of my previous house. And I had to say, look, I I didn't grow up with an emphasis on money and material things, and I and I have to think that. The most important thing is my happiness, because like you always say, life is so short and, you know, we don't take it with us when we go, you know? So, yeah, I, I left my house. I, I packed up all the properties and, and that was really hard because, you know, I, I'm not attached to them, but I, I, I created them. I decorated them. I, I refurbished them. I, you know, and, and to walk away from all that was for me a, a testament to my, to my strength. So I downsized and I'll tell you one thing. I am so much happier in my small home than in that big fortress.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. I've done the same thing. So, you know, I had a huge house in England. I now, you know, then I've been in rentals since I got here and now I finally bought my own home and it couldn't be more perfect because it's mine and that's all I care about. I absolutely love it. And it's mine and Sergio's first house together like this and it's, we own it and it's just great. And I think it's, you know, and that's it. No one can take that away. And, you know, I, I, I think that's a big thing. And I was discussing this on a, another podcast I was doing yesterday is just financial openness, which I think in our generation with our kind of husbands, we, we never had. I never had that. I never. Caroline, I, didn't know no. how,
1: I didn't know how to pay bills. I didn't know. I didn't know how to
0: live. To- and do you know how ridiculous that sounds No, now? I do.
1: I didn't know how to wash my car. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know how to be an independent person. And it sounds completely ridiculous, but I hadn't paid a bill since I was in university.
0: No, it's crazy. And you're not alone. I wish I could tell you you were alone and you were a fool, but you're not alone. I hear these stories every single day. And I actually did one yesterday on a woman who she woke up one day in her three million pound house and woke up and her husband had walked out and she was 1.5 million in debt. He'd signed everything in her name and, and pounds. So, you know, you are really not alone, except, you know, he hasn't left you that way. But, you know, what I think you will probably get out of this from the conversations that I've had with you is that you will be a much stronger, better person, because if this ever happened, you know, when you get back together again, you know, there's always, always a chance later in life that maybe it doesn't work again. And it's okay, by the way, because that, that happens. I mean, there's always, there's a chance that, you know, even, so, you know, I'm on my second marriage. What That may not work either. There's always a chance. So, but you will be prepared this time, which you weren't last time. And that is really amazing because you'll have hindsight. You'll have everything. There'll be nothing that goes past you this time. And you'll be like, okay, you know that feeling of helplessness? That's not going to fucking happen. We're going back in then this is what I want, this is how it's going to be. And told you with Sergio and I, we went straight down to the, the solicitors and we did how it's going to be when it and if it ends. And if it doesn't, great. And if it does, we know exactly what's going to happen to us. Therefore, the fear is gone. You don't want to yeah. be forced to stay with someone because you're forced to stay well, not with someone. I wasn't being
1: abused. It wasn't, it wasn't this like abusive relationship, you know, he was a gambler or uh, doing drugs or it wasn't something horrific. And I I thought there were moments I thought to myself, let me just take the easy route and just, you know, enjoy the comfortability that I have. And but I wasn't happy. So at the end of the day, you can get more facials, do more trips with your girlfriends, go out more, but you're still empty at the end of the day. And so for all the money in the world, I mean, I told him when I left that I didn't marry him for his money and I wasn't going to stay with him for it. And so when we made up the agreement, I mean, we have, so if it happens again, we have everything agreed. You know, we negotiate, we have everything agreed. But I'm at a point where I'm more empowered now because I know what electricity costs. I know how to wash my own car. I know, you know, I know what to do if I get locked out of the house.
0: So let's take a little break from the show and discuss cozy earth. For those of you that know me know I love to do a lot of my work in my bed and I always take my nap in the afternoon. So one of my biggest luxuries is my bed linen and actually towels, toweling and bathroom because that is the time I get to myself and all of us busy mums know that we don't get much time to ourselves. So honestly, ladies, I can't tell you how important it is to invest in your Bed sheets and things like this, because it's where we spend so much of our time. And Cozy Earth have created quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth so that you can get the restorative sleep that you need and create your own sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your own home. So that's what I do in the afternoons take a nap in my gorgeous soft sheets and Cozy Earth are way softer than cotton. I don't know about any of you, but I get slightly itchy from cotton and Cozy Earth is just so soft and it's made from sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics. Now, also the one good thing about these sheets, which I love because I tend to sort of get very, very hot at night, is Cozy Earth are temperature regulating, which means they'll keep you cool and comfortable all night long, Uh, which living in Dubai is a complete must. And I'm a restless sleeper anyway. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorite list for four years in a row now. They also come with a 10 year warranty on all their products. So from the towels to the bed linens, which I think is incredible. So they must really be good. And they have a hundred night sleep test. That means you can try them for hundreds hundred nights. And if you don't love them, you can send them all back for a full refund. So why don't you try your Cozy Earth? And they have provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. off site-wide when you use the code DND. You can't ask for more than that. So happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do. But life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits. So get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. And wouldn't you tell your daughter not to put yourself in that position ever again, like to make sure she worked all the way through.
1: Definitely. And you know what? That's why I went to school for six years, Caroline. I mean, I, I have six years of university studies because I didn't want to be in the same position that probably my grandmother was in and that my mother was in for a long time. And I said, that's never going to happen to me.
0: We're all brought up with mother's guilt of shame of going to work and, you know, leaving our children, especially where I'm from. Everybody stayed home to raise their children. And I was in the middle of the first raise of my company and I had 70 something employees. There was no way I could stay home. I pretty much breastfed at my desk. But, you know, I was definitely looked at like I was an alien in my circle and the kind of money friends that I had, you know, with the big houses and the dinner parties and everyone just, you know, huge rocks on their hand and everyone just had a fabulous life and why the fuck was I going to work? So, and you know, when they called and they wanted to have lunch and you just don't have time because, you know, you just don't have time. And and, and when I get home from work, the last thing I wanted to do was go, go to another party because I was fucking exhausted. Obviously, it's lovely to be able to have the luxury to stay at home with your children, but I don't think it's necessary anymore. I think, what will my children think? They'll think that mum worked bloody hard. And now yeah. they see that once after I got divorced, I maintain the same lifestyle, if not more so. And I'm doing it on my own. No one's helping me. Thank you. This, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, now I know. I know. I know what I need. If this ever happens again, you know, that's why I'm starting now my own projects. And I'm working on my own financial stability because I mean, and I want this to work. Caroline, I I want this to work. But if it doesn't work and you never know what's going to happen in five, 10 years, I can't be in the same position that I was before. You know, and, and like I said, it's ironic because I always said that I wasn't going to give up working. Like I said, we met in class. You know, my idea was always to be independently
0: well off. And isn't it funny? It, the Probably the thing he was attracted to you in, about you was that you were in class and doing yeah. all these things and you weren't a bimbo yet. The, they take you out and then you, you give up your identity straight away because had you, you know, that's, that's not what he fell in love with. No.
1: And that's, and that's what I have to get back. You know, and there's, there's moments of your life. It's not to say that, you know, I gave up working forever. Now I'm just going to be a lady that lunches. That's not who I am. It's just that that, at that moment, that's what I had to do for my family. And so now it's my, they're a little bit older and now I can kind of get back and do my own projects, which I've been doing. I closed a deal last week. And um, yes, thank you. And so, and so that's also going to help me, I think, to have my own identity back and to feel good about myself.
0: I think a lot of it, you know, self-esteem is everything. When you both, you, you sold the family home, you both moved. And by the way, everyone, they moved house. They bought houses next to each other hilariously. So they didn't really, <laughs> it's not like, I mean, and I would never have advised that normally. But again, my ex-husband and I live down the road because it's much easier for the children. So now you're in this thing. Did, did either of you, you were, you were broken up for 10 months. So clearly you both saw other people in that time. And how do you move on from that? Did it drive you nuts? Did you, or is, is that, do you think what compounded it for both of you? Do you think make, you know, ha- having this openness of being able to date other people, which sometimes, by the way, from my friends that I know, sometimes can can kickstart your back into your relationship, saying that it's not greener the other side. You know what? It's it's okay. But like, it's same shit, different person.
1: Yes, exactly. And, you know, during that time, I met another person He's a wonderful man. He, and funny enough, I, you know, I I always had dated older and he's younger. And that's when you realize age is just a number because in his head, he was like even more mature than I am. Mm. And he was a great guy. And he was the total opposite of my husband. I think I went from one extreme to the other extreme. You know, I I mean, anything that I was lacking in my marriage, I more than made up for with him, but where I felt like I had a bit of indifference with my husband. You know, he was a bit indifferent towards me and, and maybe it was just a perceived, perceived from my end, but this guy was more controlling, you know, so I went from one extreme to the other, you know, and he was, he was wonderful, but I'm not, I'm used to doing what I want when I want without giving explanations. You know, that's kind of how my dynamic with my husband works. You know, we kind of, you know, we, we respected each other's freedom and, and, you know, not every relationship works like that. And I think that maybe I, I needed a little bit
0: more space. That is the the one downside with younger guys. I have to say Sergio is exactly the same. They have extreme jealousy. I mean, they actually think, I think they think when we walk down the street that there isn't a person on the planet that doesn't want us. And you're like, actually, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) It's really kind of you to think that way. But no, I'm not being accosted every time I leave the house. (laughs) But it's cute. You're right. But it's a trade-off with the other thing. You know, it it, it depends what's more important to you. I couldn't take the indifference indifference and i think that what happens is that when you you know the things that you are missing and lacking you're always looking for and i didn't want to stay in a marriage where i was always looking for something else exactly and i think that's the important thing but if you can get it back and get the things that you're lacking back which i just wasn't able to but or i didn't want i think i'd gone too far in my head i think i'd already left you know, yeah.
1: we know Carolyn. We, we had a comment when, when we were having our conversation and I, I said something to you and you said that that didn't happen to you. And as you mentioned, we lived like across the street from each other. So to get to my house, I had to drive in front of his house. And so if I came home at night and I saw that his car was not in the driveway, you know, that for me, like was, I mean, I would go home and cry and because I knew he was out with someone and, and then, and then I was thinking to myself, I have this other wonderful man who's, It was everything that I wanted, but he's not my husband, you know? And so I was still crying because I knew that this man was out to dinner with another woman. And I I remember when you told me, and and my mother told me this, my mother's divorced. And she said, Linda, I didn't care if your father was having an orgy with the neighbors, as long as it wasn't with me, you know, I mean, I, I had, I didn't want anything to do with him. And I was still upset knowing that a man was out on a date with a woman, that this man was out on a date with a woman.
0: Does that make sense? I agreed. I mean, I think by then I had made up my mind and we were in such a toxic place I think at the end that I was just ready for it to end and but you know maybe 10 months on if I hadn't met my Sergio maybe we would have you know rekindled who knows but we never had the conversation we never sat down again and that's the one thing I don't know if I regret it I don't regret it because I'm quite glad because I'm in a way I think if I'd had those push and pull maybe, you know, it, it must be awful. But once we had made up the mind, our mind and he'd found, he'd seen Sergio, there really was no way back, we were done. And I, you know, I think in one way, maybe he thought, you know, we'd have the conversation when I broke up, broken up with my toy boy lover, but he never left. So, yeah. you know, I've never had that final conversation, our conversation because it was so angry at the time was just so short. And that was it. And it's actually very, very bizarre to think back. Thank God I don't have the best memory. How 18 years actually ended dead like that with just one conversation. And literally we were moved out in the next week and that was it. And we never looked back unless it's, you know, to co-parent or, yeah. you know, for the kids' birthdays or Christmas at my house. That's it. We don't, we don't talk. We you, Or if I need my Apple TV. But um, yeah. I guess that makes it easier because it was just, that it's just done it's just done and actually i find it now that i'm so you know far in with sergio and we're married and all this stuff i actually find it hard to think about my old life because it's not even i'm so different because as you said i think when we do hop out of long relationships like we have you do go for something completely different completely and it does fulfill the other needs and it and it's it's great and it's scary and it's everything else and it's you know as i said i loved your story about you being able to get back, so and he started seeing someone, and after he, and obviously he knows that you saw someone, and I love that too because he loves you unconditionally enough to accept that and say it's okay, you know, you what what happened then, and I think that's what I always tell my listeners is if you go back, you cannot go talk about what happened nonstop. I, know. I, know. I think you have that conversation and then you have to just put it to bed and close the door.
1: And that and that's a struggle. And that's a struggle. And, you know, one of the reasons why I want to be anonymous in this podcast is because I want to give you the raw version of, of what it's like to be back with your partner. And I mean, that's something that I still struggle with because, you know, in my case, I was with a person that doesn't live in the same city. Has, it's not the same social circle. You know, he's never going to see him. And I know it bothers him because he knows I had feelings for this person because I was with this person for months. We vacationed together. You know, he helped me do the move to my new home. And my ex was with, or my, my husband was with many women, you know, and I think it, th- that's fine, you know, and, and I know it's easier for me in some senses that because- I would
0: have to say that by the way, sorry to budge in, but yeah. I think that that is easier than one by the, I mean, but
1: it's hard. It's hard when you know the face and the name and you know, some of them could are people that I know.
0: Friends. That's it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's a but- tough one.
1: But so Caroline, listen. When it, when it's a man with money and a name, you know, and the people find out he's single, I have friends that instead of calling me to see if I was okay, they would call him to invite him to their house for a dinner party with their single friends.
0: Gross.
1: I mean, the ink was barely dry on the contract, and that and so that for me is like a struggle because I see these people out, and I'm like, okay, well,
0: you know what? Well, I told you, at I at least you know. They're not your friends.
1: No, no, no. But you know what? I always had the doubt. Like, are these people my friends because I'm next to him? or Are they my friends because they truly value me? And the last year put everything into perspective. So now it's like, I remember one time, and like I said, I found so much inspiration in your podcast. And one of your guests talked about being on, on the cross, you know, and there's people that come and they bring you food and water. There's people that come, you know, and, and they want to burn the cross down. And then there's people that like pretend like, you don't. they don't see you. And, and that's really, and now I'm off the
0: cross and I have that vision. And for me, that's a gift. You know, that, that's a whole nother ball game that I hadn't even thought about. You know, I think that's true. It's depending on where your husband's from, or whatever, as the women that come in and sort of leap on your misfortune, who sort of call you up and going, how are you doing just to feed the, you know, the, the knowledge that they need to get the husband. I just never understand. I mean, I wouldn't, I, you know, I mean, when, when everyone was in shock about my, my, Boyfriend at the time who was ridiculously young, I was like, well, you know, I'm not hurting anyone if I, except for myself, maybe. You know, that's it. I'm not taking someone's husband. I'm not, you know, doing uh, someone's, you know, just anything that could impact somebody else's life, really, except Sergio's and mine. So I, I don't agree with, I absolutely, uh, those people, I hope you never see them again. Uh, it's just horrific.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll probably have to, but there's going to be a lesson in my maturity. To kind of get past it and and it's like you said, like I can't I can't bring up the past. I have to bury it, you I have to cannot. forget it, and I have to
0: move on. You have to move on. You you know, because at the end of the day, he's a man too, and he's allowed you your freedom. And I think that's this what what you both had and gave each other, because you've been together for such a long time, is the freedom to grow and just to, you know, to see. And that not many people can do that or handle that. And you're open about it with each other, with others. You know, you told me straight away and there were other people at the table. And I think that's fascinating. And I think that's probably healing. And, yeah. you know, and you, you don't have to hold these lies because a lot of people do what you, you guys have done and lie. And the lie is what really kills because, again, the happiness is from within and the guilt that you hold in yourself eats you up. And that's why people can't move on. But you will be able to move on with a fresh slate because it's everything is out. No matter how bad it is, you put it all on the table. And I think that's the best part about it. And you should pat yourself on the back for doing that because, you know he's pretty cool. I've met your husband and he's very, very relaxed and cool about it. And you have a beautiful life. You have beautiful children and you're renegotiating now, which is, you know, which is great from hindsight. And I've just done that. And from from hindsight and hindsight is what most people will never get the chance to have hindsight, never get the chance, you know, to go back and to fix the, the things that they did wrong. Funnily enough, Sarah and I and um, her husband all ran into each other in Paris and you looked like you were having, you know, what were you told me it was your first date away. Yes, it was, our, it was our first trip away in about
1: eight years. You know, we had I, it, was, it was great because it was just the two of us and he took me to my favorite restaurant in Paris where we ran into each other. And for me, that was like a big step.
0: Yeah, and that, that shows that he, he's willing and wants to because trust me, going back is a lot more work than going on, moving on, Definitely. you know.
1: We didn't want to throw away 16 years you know and and i realized that like in the last year i missed his company i missed his sense of humor there was the, the little things that i that i missed about, about him that you know and, I, and it was the same for him and and i have to think that if we both came back it's because what we saw out there wasn't better than what we had
0: that's for sure and i think that that's you know an such an amazing place to sort of leave this and your story, but what I would like to ask, if you had one piece of advice for these, for people that really, you know, in your position, and a lot of people are ashamed or embarrassed or to fight for a marriage, right? Or to accept the things that went on afterwards or can't get over it. What advice would you give somebody who, who is in your position that maybe really wants to, to save their marriage, but just doesn't know how, or doesn't have the tools?
1: I would say find a good psychologist. And that's the first thing I did. And it gave me a, a safe space to talk every week and to kind of get my feelings out there with, with no judgment. And that really helped me from like self-destructing. And, and I think that that's the reason why I was able to to put things in perspective and realize that the pros were more than the cons.
0: And you, now you're able to sort of really value each other, you know, because it's quite hard to go back and rewrite the story. You know what, Caroline?
1: It's not perfect. It's not perfect. We still have—I mean, some of the some of the cracks are still there. And I think that, but that happens in every relationship. Mm-hmm. But you know, he realized that he needs to communicate his feelings, and I—I I, I just need a couple things from him. You know that he's he's able to give me, and, he, and he's giving them to me. And I think that I'm giving them to him. And and you know, and it's we're we're pretty happy. I mean, I, I don't know what the future holds for us, but right now, I know that I don't want to lose my family, and he doesn't either.
0: So I think that's a pretty amazing space, place to start. And I commend you for going back and trying and putting everything to bed and moving forward because, you know, as I said, a lot of people put ego first and they can't do that. So thank you for joining me today. You know, I just want everyone out there to remember if you're going through something like this or similar, you know, there is always a chance. I have people that have got divorced, gone all the way through, had babies with other people and gone back to their first loves or the, the, you know, the parent, the mother of their children. So, you know, there is always hope. You can fight for it. You know, speak to your partner. Make sure that you communicate better. Try and be vulnerable with each other. I think so many of us put a wall up at this stage and they get, you know, embarrassed to sort of speak and tell tell the other one how they really, really feel. And I think, you know, and be open and, and don't be silent and don't judge each other. I think that's the final one. Don't judge each other because, you know, when you're young, you you don't have the tools to do it or you don't do everything you want to do. And people make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes in life. Everybody, I defy you to say you're perfect. So I think those are the valuable um, lessons from today's podcast, that's for sure. And I really appreciate everyone listening today. Thank you, Sarah, again. Take care. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action.